Welcome to the next episode of Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford, where we discuss all things college admissions. Joel and I have been having conversations about college admissions for years, and we bring those to you. Our goal is to provide information to you, the listener, about the world of college admissions, the processes involved, and the current issues that are a part of the journey to post-secondary education. I'm Chris Reeves, retired school counselor at Beachwood High School, and now an independent counselor. I'm here with Joel Ford, school counselor at Connor High School. Also with us today is Mike Kurgowski, our producer, who demonstrates interest simply by his presence in each episode. Yeah. Joel, why don't you explain today's episode? So the original plan for this episode was to talk about shaping a freshman class and how colleges do that. Uh, However, we're going to postpone that topic and we'll explain more uh, later on in the show the reasoning for that. So instead, for today's episode, we're going to talk about demonstrated interest. Uh, What is it? Why colleges use it? Why you should care about it? And how you can use it to your advantage? (laughs) Sounds like an infomercial. It does, a little bit. Demonstrated interest. Billy Mays, God rest his soul. All right. Uh, I think this is going to be an episode that people will actually find really beneficial because it, well, it exists. And I'm not sure the average student or parent really knows a whole lot about that. Um, But before we do that, Joel, you know, you know, I don't watch the news, read the news. So tell us what's going on in college admissions. Wow been a slow period in in college admissions here in the past (laughs) little bit. Uh, If our listeners remember the the last episode uh, we recorded right as quarantine was starting. Um, And so now we've been uh, weeks into this. So, um, you know, I was getting ready to prepare for this segment. Normally we'd we'd, we'd play a rousing game of Cano or Go. Oh, it's my favorite game. I know. But um, I started thinking about just things that have happened so far this year. And they're really, uh, let's talk about what's happened just, you know, in 2020 Um, by themselves. They might be the topic of the year, but here's what's going on and talk about how it impacts college admissions. So we've had up, if you bring up the Saharan dust storm, I'm not talking about it. I did see that on the news. No, although it's coming. Okay. All right. Hide in your basement. COVID-19. So. From mid-March through the end of the school year, we know coronavirus shut down uh, K-12 schools, colleges, universities, canceled graduations, proms, everything for the end of the year. Um, It taught us all how to adapt to, quote-unquote, non-traditional instruction. Um, I know in our school, we had about four days uh, to completely transition. Uh, We've all now become masters of Zoom, Google Meet, Microsoft Teams, things like that. and now we're in a position where colleges and schools are trying to determine if they can reopen for the fall, how they can reopen, what it's going to look like. Um, and also there's, you know, some significant concern that enrollment numbers uh, will be impacted. So that's story one. Uh, story two, Varsity Blues. The story continues, but finally Lori Laughlin and her husband, uh, Massimo Giannulli, have pleaded guilty to conspiracy charges and will be spending some vacation time in prison. Um, although the amount of time is somewhat questionable um, in one podcaster's opinion. So that's story number two. Number three, um, NACAC with approximately 15,000 members has named a new CEO to start July 1. Angel Perez, VP for Enrollment and Student Success at Trinity College in Connecticut, 
was selected after a year-long search and interview process was conducted. Uh, item four, as a result of COVID-19, hundreds of colleges and universities are waiving standardized testing requirements for anywhere from one year uh, to permanently. Uh, the major player to consider um, is the University of California system currently, which has announced that they'll be developing uh, potentially their own tests for admissions purposes. And five, uh, the hopeful awakening of our country uh, to ongoing issues surrounding racism in our society, uh, the subsequent protests, primarily peaceful in nature, and the need for permanent change in our country that truly acknowledges the existence of racism and works toward ending racism that continues to plague our country. So with all that, Chris, what's your initial reaction to... Is this a game? What's your reaction to, to 2020? My, my initial reaction? Like, my, you, want my, you want the truth in the yeah. podcast? Um, let's see, to, to fill up my backpack and hit the AT? No. That, that might be my first reaction. Uh, so, yeah, thanks. Um, I, I mean... Obviously, when I say, you know, Joel, I don't read the news and watch. I mean, you can't. That's a setup for, you know, for some of our podcasting stuff. It's, it's not that I don't know about these things. I right. haven't been following all this. Uh, I mean, it's it's overwhelming. That's that's an initial gut reaction. Um, you know, when you start to piece these things apart, I feel like like how do I keep my focus on students? But but how do I how do I determine the actions I can take as, as an individual, you know, I'm not a big, I'm not a big like social media poster. You know, I put things about this out there every now and then. And, and obviously to keep, keep the, the lights on, I put some business things out there every now and then, but you know, I'm not, I'm not very political vocally on social media and right. I, and, and I, and you're not going to see a whole, my stuff out there, but I read lots of other people's and I try to determine how I can behave as an individual and the influences I can have in my small groups, you know, sitting around uh, in our socially distanced gatherings, uh, how I can, you know, how I can influence other people and have these conversations. Uh, this is so big, Joel. I mean, these are millions of episodes, but uh, access to higher education. But then, I mean, that's always important. It's something we always care about and talk about. At the same time, like I... I, I still want to keep reevaluating higher education mm. and I, I want, I want more people in two year schools. I want more people in the trades. I don't want that to, to be some sort of stigma in society. Right. Uh, and, and again, rambling like crazy with, I mean, you set me up to ramble. So it's right. your fault. It's right. your fault. Um, I, but I, I you know, know, and, and, and I'm thinking as I'm, I'm going through this, how has all of this happened in six months? Like, you know, like the, the world has completely changed and, and we don't know yet what the impacts of all the, all of the events of the first six months of 2020 has happened as far as, as K-12 or even college is concerned. I, I think I'm confident. Video. I'm confident in saying we're not going to go back to what we knew in February. I think we've got two really big things that like will will change some things permanently. I think that I think that COVID-19 will change th some things permanently. Not just in higher education but in the world. I think that there's going to be an awful lot of office space open after this is all done because people who can work from home will be working from home. 
and it's just it's just a way a way of living that I think will will always change. And there's and, and there's a, a lot of things I think that will. I mean, I didn't think I don't think I'll ever need an office space for for what I do anymore. I think I can do I can meet out in public, and I think I can do it from my office from my home office. Uh, the other the other thing is is just the 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 the, um, the hopeful awakening you describe in that in in understanding biases and racism in our society. I I think that we have reached a point of okay, we, we, we get it. We need to understand this. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that there's some permanence within, within all of that. Joel, we could probably, I mean, it's heavy. We could probably go on forever and ever about, about these things. And honestly, I feel like I need like even more time to process and, and think about this stuff. But we have an actual episode that we need to get to. So yeah, uh, thanks, thanks for dumping that on me, my friend. <laughs> uh, but... Let's let's take a break, and when we come back, let's get into the topic of demonstrated interest. Welcome back to Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. Chris, what is this mysterious topic of demonstrated interest all about? As we prepared for this, uh, one, is hopefully as our, as our listeners know, one of, one of our goals is actually just very selfish. We want to learn more ourselves about college admissions. And, and we don't just get on this podcast because we already know all of this stuff. We, we want to research it and learn more about it. And so I wrote down some key questions. You and I won't necessarily answer those because we have people uh, smarter than us who will be on the show shortly to, to answer some of these. But I, I want to throw out all the key questions. We will come back to them at some point. But uh, I, I, I kind of want to know, first and foremost, how, how do colleges track students? And that's a key question for us. Mm-hmm. Why would a college consider demonstrated interest? And we'll define, don't worry, everyone, we'll define this all soon. How do colleges use demonstrated interest as they recruit and accept students? In other words, how much does it matter? Who uses demonstrated interest and and how do you know if they do use it? And and finally, how do you demonstrate interest? Some of these questions we'll attempt to answer, but... Uh, like I mentioned a second ago, as always on Get Schooled, and truly, as always, we rely on people way smarter, way funnier, and this time way cooler than us to explain. So I think before we go any further, Chris, can can you define just what the term demonstrated interest sure. means? Sure, sure, sure. Um, so as discussed by College Vine, demonstrated interest is a soft quality that admissions officers consider during the application process. It can refer to a wide variety of actions on your part, but it all boils down to this. Have you proven to be enthusiastic or at least curious about the school you're applying to? Hmm. Students can demonstrate interest, Joel, a lot of ways. By attending a college fair, attending an in-school recruiting visit, contacting admissions staff with questions, uh, taking, uh, taking an official campus visit, 
sending an email, in some cases, visiting their websites. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, I can't wait to talk about how they keep track of this. Uh, college use – this is my interpretation, but colleges use demonstrated interest to, pr- to predict yield, which is a new vocab term for you. This, prefer, uh, this refers to the percent of admitted students who ultimately enroll in their school. Colleges want yield. It's important to them because they want to make sure that most of the students they admit or as high a percentage as possible of the students they admit actually attend their school. And it, it frankly can make them look more desirable. Using demonstrated interests is one of the strongest predictive tools that colleges have for whether or not you'll enroll. Got so, it? Yeah, got it. I got it. So I guess the idea is if you show that you care and you take the time to engage, then you're more likely to attend that college in the fall than students who show no interest up front, right? That's the thought. Okay. So what I'm curious about is how much of a factor demonstrated interest is in the whole admissions decision. Are we talking about something that students have to display that's crucial to their chances of getting in? Is it more of a tiebreaker kind of thing? Um, Or is it just something that then colleges say, oh, they're interested, let's let's then maybe target this student um, to, to get them to apply? I'll actually be interested I'm interested in what I just said. <laughs> Which, of course you are. <laughs> well, not like that, but I'm interested in, is it, is it, I want to hear, because we're going to hear from people who really know this stuff. Is it, is it, is DI, and, and I think that if we want to throw that out there in this episode, um, so we don't always have to say demonstrated interest all the way out, okay. uh, is DI a good predictive number? Or, uh, not number, I guess, well, yields the number, but is it, is, does DI... Does it do what it's? Does it do what we yeah, think it's designed you. to do? Yeah. Thank you. Words. I'm trying to use words yeah, on a podcast. That. I know. And uh, and Chris was an English teacher, folks, before he got into counseling. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, a few more things, Joel. According okay. to the the 2018 State of College Admissions Report, uh, which is an annual report from from our favorite organization, the National Association for College Admission Counseling (NACAC). Most schools consider demonstrated interest to some extent, but the importance is limited in, or non-existent for 63.1% of colleges. Uh, so here's how strongly those colleges felt about demonstrated interest. Throw little numbers at for you. Okay. So 15.5% said that DI was considerably important. Mm-hmm. 21.4% said that it was moderately important. So you are looking at 36.9, almost 37% uh, saying that it is either moderately or considerably important. Uh, 34.5% said the importance was limited and 28.6, so almost 30% said it was not important at all. So yeah. so I have a side note for you. I, I kind of get a laugh out of some schools who don't use it. Um, Without using too many names, but maybe a couple clues, I was on a, a college visit. Um, I was on a tour with a whole bunch of school counselors, not with students. It was in a, a southern state that's really good at the school's really good at basketball, where a counselor asked about demonstrated interests, and the answer the answer was like no, and don't call us. Hmm. Like oh, okay, 
Mm-hmm. They're basically like, we, we, we so don't use it because we get so many applications that, that we don't care how much you want to go here. We right. don't care how much you're interested. We're going to get the class we need without knowing how much you really want to be here. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. Sometimes well, I just laugh at things. And I just want to throw out as a reminder for our students and parents that listen, strength of schedule, grades in college preparatory coursework, standardized scores continue as they do every year. Although, you know, we mentioned earlier standardized test scores being waived for right. the next little bit. Those, you know, according to the, the state of college admissions report, those are the things that have the greatest impact and importance on admission. And it's been that way. Pretty much as long as I've known that there was a state of college admissions report, uh, which is probably a good 10 years plus, right. um, it's always those three at the top. So Absolutely. I mean, yeah, strength of schedule, grades in college prep coursework, grades in all coursework always show up at the top mm-hmm. of that the top yep. of that list. And if standardized test scores go down that list, I do think that things like demonstrated interest go up. Yeah, I think the essay goes up. I think recommendations go up. I think demonstrated interest goes up if if standardized test scores are being utilized less. Right. And that's another episode. So we'll gotta, continue gotta, on demonstrated interest. Got to fill the void in with something, though. That's right. That's right. Because you have to evaluate students in some way. Right. And, and you want the best students for your school. Mm-hmm. You want the students who fit your school the best. You want to accept the students who will come. And, and you've got to find other ways. And, and I guess the thought, not to make this an episode on standardized testing, but maybe there are better ways to hmm. determine whether students are going to be awesome at your school. So, and we've talked about that in, in a past episode. Sure. Um, so, so how important demonstrated interest is does depend on the school. And many of them will let you know on their admissions website if they consider it during the application process. So we've, we've talked about it a lot. What, what are some of the issues you know, we've done the definitions and talked about what it is. What are some of the issues you see with them or do you see issues with them? Well, I, I have a couple. I think the biggest concern, um, as with many things in college admissions, is around access. So what if you're in a low income area without the Internet? Um, and, and, you know, in Kentucky, that could be an urban setting. That could be in the middle of Appalachia. Um, yeah. You know, so you don't have the Internet. So it limits your ability to research and connect with a college. Um, what if your school doesn't do college visits? You just do lunchroom visits. Uh, what if you don't have the means, um, either in terms of time away from a job or financially, uh, to travel or to visit a college? Or the college doesn't have the resources to offer fly-ins to you or other means to visit? Um, you know, so one is just your ability or inability to connect. But doesn't um, that access piece hurt? Doesn't that, doesn't that, I don't think it changes, I don't think it hurts just demonstrated interest. I think no, it hurts, be, it hurts everything. Like every, every, all the categories we said before. Right, right, I, right. And I know you're not, I know you're not necessarily like just bashing demonstrated interest and not bashing all no, the other no, things no. when it comes to access. But, no, I just, but I do think it's a concern. Oh yeah. With if the topic have, of this episode. Well, using the word access, if you don't have access to, to the college in some way, it's hard to, it is, you are right. It is hard to, to demonstrate interest. Right. Um, so another concern I have is for the, on the college side, how do you know a student's interest is genuine um, and not simply a strategy to help get into a college? Um, you know, in cases where you have highly selective schools that really um, have a moderate or a, a considerably important 
um, ranking for DI, will kids show interest in order to gain some type of advantage? Um, and, and then just one more that I've been thinking about. So uh, Chris and I both have daughters that are about to be seniors. And I just notice when, um, like, we may be sitting here at home researching a college um, for, for my daughter. And then, amazingly, it automatically, an advertisement will automatically pop up in my wife's Facebook feed. Um, and just, uh, or, you know, things like that. And just, I, I don't know, I've always been kind of, uh, creeped out's not the right word, but it's like... Now they know what up. I've been. Just give up. Just you know what I mean. Privacy. Just give like, up. Like now they know I've been looking at their school kind of thing. Like I can't even just look to look. I looked almost. up this one little unique um, school in the middle of Florida for for a student. Like through, well, it was before COVID, so like four months ago, and it still shows up on my feed sometimes. Right. And I was at work, and now I'm like, oh yeah, that, that's that you know. And my wife will be like, what's this? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, we looked at it in passing, and. Can't hide weird. anything these days, right? So I, I don't know. Just that one's always kind of, kind of been unsettling, I guess. Well, to me a little bit. Sure. As far as that strategy, so I, I was reading some some uh, demonstrated interest resources, maybe for for students, like the the strategy piece you're talking about. And one of the comments that stuck out to me because I I'd like to be, I'd like to be genuine with with the college admissions and even mm. with with my students. I don't want very much strategy but one of the one of the pieces of advice was treat all the colleges like they're number one but that seems so ingenuous to me it, it's a non-genuine strategy and you're my I mean, favorite college fill in the blank you, you know yeah so but it, people are trying to help their kids get what they want mm-hmm. so they feel like they're trying to do the right thing so their advice is going to be you need to write a really good why us essay and you got to write four of them <laughs> Right. And so I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, when I work with students one-on-one and, and, and they are, you know, they're, I'm for whatever, whatever reason, maybe they're paying me or, or maybe I'm working with, with the whole group. I mean, I'm going to advise them things like that too. I'm not trying to take a moral high ground here. I'm just saying it's not genuine. Right. I'm not saying that I'm not going to be not genuine. Sometimes I try to be, but I, and what I, maybe the colleges can tell, maybe you can just tell. Maybe they're smart enough to read it and they just can tell that right. this one's a strategy and this one's real, but I don't know if it's well-written enough. Maybe you can't tell, right. um, you know, some colleges want us to be as fair. They want to be as fair as possible to all applicants. So, so they don't consider interest in the admissions process, but, but for a, a student demonstrating interest may simply be a good way to, to research a college to see if it's the right fit for the student. Right. So, you know, what I'm curious about with, with DI is what it looks like from the college side. We, you know, being um, on the high school counseling side or the formerly high school counseling side, um, we know what that perspective is. And we know the conversations we have with students on our side of things. But I really want to know what, what it is on the college side, what the conversations are, um, and, and what they, how they use it. So, but how wait, about don't we, you think? Hold on, no, no, no break no, yet. Listen, okay. don't you think? Don't you think you got better as a as a school counselor when you began to understand what happened at the college? Absolutely. And when I when I'm able to tell that to a student or a parent, 
and and the best, and we've talked about this a ton. When I'm able to call somebody at that college and they confirm what we're sitting there talking about, oh, that's gold. That is gold. Uh, that's gold, Jerry. That's gold. <laughs> uh, please, the company that produced Seinfeld, don't sue us. Um, oh, yeah. But but that is gold, you know, and it, it just adds legitimacy uh, to what we say. Plus, then it helps the, the student get connected to that person at the college. Um Brilliant. you know, that we've called up. So, yeah. Um, so definitely it makes us better to know the ends, the secrets, the, 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 the way things are done on the side that we don't always see. So, so let's do that. Yeah. So let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, like Chris said, we've got a couple of people much smarter than us, um, who are going to school us on how colleges use yeah. demonstrated get by them. So we're going to get schooled. Um, and we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. Joel, why don't you introduce us to today's guests? So our first guest today is Jeremiah Tudor. He is Director of Special Projects for Underscore. Uh, before that, and where we got to know him, he was formerly the Dean of Admissions for Georgetown College in Kentucky uh, and served um, in roles as Assistant Director, Admissions Counselor before that. Um, started off at Cumberland College. Uh, which now uh, here in Kentucky has been renamed the University of the Cumberlands. Um, and he also holds a bachelor's degree in vocal music from Cumberland College, now University of the Cumberlands. So, Jeremiah, welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be here. Awesome. He'll be he'll be singing for us later. No, I doubt that. That's, that's that was not memories. part of the discussion. That's, that's bad <laughs> memories for, uh, for NACAC folks. Yeah. Um, no, I just I wanted to make a quick comment. Well, two. One, Jeremiah actually was on an episode before briefly on the he live was. from NACAC. He's our first two-time guest on, <laughs> on Get Schooled by Reason Ford. But on a, on a personal note, uh, at the Boston Conference, um, I just really appreciated this this moment when I had to fly home early because my mom was very, very sick. And, uh, and Joel and Jeremiah just kind of gave up all of the social fun events and just hung out with me, went to a nice little dinner. Uh, before before that night, so I just uh, I didn't ever uh, thank him for that, and I I've always appreciated that night. That that was funny because I was looking through pictures on my phone the other day, and I came across those pictures. Yeah, um, put a smile on my face. So. We walked by Cheers, and then I got a I got a Uber from Cheers, and, and went home, uh, went <sighs> to the hotel, and got up the next morning and flew to Charlotte, and uh, it was it was very quick after that. But I I, I have always appreciated that night, so thank you. Yeah. So we also. Uh, we also have Adrian Odie, the Dean of Admissions and Financial Aid at Trinity College in Connecticut. Uh, previously, she was at Berry College in Georgia, uh, has worked at the University of Rochester, and also at Kenyon College. Uh, she holds a bachelor's degree from Kenyon College in mathematics, um, as well as completing an integrated program in humane studies at Kenyon. And, Chris, keep it quiet. She has a master's degree in educational policy from the Ohio State University. Oh, wait. Uh, I.O. All yeah. right. Yeah. 
Great. Welcome. Woo. Welcome to Get Schooled, Adrian. All right. In, in, all, in all honesty, welcome, definitely. Um, glad to have you guys. Glad to have you tell us the the, the college side. And, um, you know, for Jeremiah, too, with his company, kind of what they do, just as an example, and how a college utilizes the tools that they can provide um, as it relates to demonstrated interest. So, I, so here's what I, here's where I'd like to start. They a lot of times our guests are not with us for the first part, but but they have been, so they've heard everything we've said. Um, it, I, I would like to cast aside, you know, question one, question two, question three, and just start with what are, I'm curious about. What are the some of the things they heard, regardless of structure? Uh, some of the things they heard that just stand out or they'd like to comment on. Well, I mean, I, I uh, in listening to what, you know, everything that you guys were talking about before and, um, you know, one of the, the bigger things that is the, the issue that I see with uh, with demonstrated interest is is the the access point and dep- and depending on what a school chooses to use as the the factor that they're using to gauge that interest Um, and then thinking about the accessibility to be able to actually accomplish uh, that step um, to be then brought into that formula of, well, this student is definitely far more interested than these students over here because of X. Well, what is X? That that's, um, uh, that's the thing I'm already curious, always curious about is what does a school determine as that factor of, of uh, uh, giving them that data? Um, and because there are times when you, like Joel was talking about with internet accessibility, with, uh, the, the ability to even get to a campus to visit it. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that a student's not interested. Um, it just means that they're not able to, to be there. I see it as, uh, in, in some ways it, it, it should be important for a school to also show their interest in the student to be able to get them to, to, to be interested and to at least do certain steps that show that they're interested. Because, you know, some, some students are not going to, um, they need something to react to. So, so I think it's also important to put some weight on the school to be able to um, put something together to cause that reaction. Because, um, you know, it, it's any type of personal relationship that you have, it's, too, it's two-sided. You have to be able to, to have uh, one side of the school saying, I am interested in you so that they can look back and go, oh, you are? Well, guess what? I'm interested in you too. You know, it's like, it makes you think of that, that passing that note in elementary school and saying, you know. Uh, do you like me or do you like <laughs> me like me? Yeah, yes or no. <laughs> yes, no, maybe. <laughs> uh, so so that's, that, that's one of the big things that I, that, I, that I see as an issue, one, with using DI. Um, is um, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, um, but it really needs to be thought out on exactly what you're doing and uh, and how you're using it, and knowing that a student has the ability, even students who you might not think, you know, if they didn't visit campus, for example, that's a reason that it, that's not the case. Um, you know, you could ha- you could be a school in Connecticut, and you could have students in Southern California who cannot get to Connecticut, but man, they love the East Coast. Uh, you know, you, you, what are you supposed to do with those students? Well, I think I think uh, this is a great spot for Adrienne to, to step in and talk about her experience with, with demonstrated interest. Yeah, absolutely. I will um, 
start with a, a comment that really resonated with me about uh, the notion of this process being fair and DI being a, a moment where that might not be fair. And I think um, college admissions in general is not fair. So DI right. is, um, it's the thing that we talk about related to access that I think gives us as colleges and universities a pass on addressing some of the other systemic issues within the processes that aren't fair. And uh, I'm really glad, Jeremiah, you talked about colleges demonstrating interest in students. Um, so you're, you're going to hear this for the first time. I, uh, I've created a continuum completely made up in my head of um, college admissions professionals. And you go from uh, the continuum is from receiver to counselor. We call ourselves counselors. We, we take that very seriously in name. Um, but when you're at a school that's really selective or at a school that gets a, a tremendous amount of applications, there, there is a little bit of a, an air about the work that is like students need to come to me. And, and over time, as systems develop, I think while we want to be counselors, we've turned into receivers. And if students show up and they demonstrate their interest, as you've defined, then good things could happen to them and good things being gaining, gaining another acceptance letter. Um, and somewhere in between there, I think our recruiters, people who kind of go out and solicit interest in students, but just for the sake of the institution, um, not necessarily with the student in mind. So I, I think this work should shift and we really should center the counseling piece, which is going to partner with the students in the journey. And it's going to force colleges to demonstrate interest in students and also um, help students understand what demonstrated interest really should be. Um, it shouldn't be about steps to getting into college and checking off. I did the, the college fair and the high school visit. I'm going to email my counselor um, at the university, you know, once every month, just so that I'm checking these boxes. Like, this is such an amazing time in the lives of students to really reflect on what they care about and what matters to them and to, you know, continue to cultivate their curiosity. So demonstrated interest should be a student going on a journey to, to continue learning about a place. And if they don't want to learn about that place, that should be a signal to them about where their interests really lie. So um, that was a long way to say, I think demonstrated interest can have a role, but I think how we've been using it as colleges and the messages that students have been hearing need, needs a little bit of a rework. And with all of the other stuff happening in the world right now with health pandemic, economic downturn, overt and public racism, like now is a great time to really reimagine the process and to make sure that what we intended demonstrated interest to be is what students are really doing. Are you willing to talk a little bit about maybe some conversations you've had at your past or current schools around it? I'm just, because we, Joel and I always talk about, well, what's it, what's it, what do they talk about in the room before the decisions are made? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I've had the privilege of working at schools that really heavily consider demonstrated interest and schools that, that don't for, for different reasons. Um, 
And uh, to Trinity specifically, you know, you mentioned I studied math and I was pulling up some numbers while y'all were talking because numbers are are helpful and they can tell you a little bit of the story. So uh, last year, of all of the students who we admitted at Trinity, about 45% of them had what we would call strong demonstrated interest. And about 45%. And another 45% had what we call moderate demonstrated interest. And then about 10% had what we would consider low to no demonstrated interest. And, and still we, we got some of those students to come to Trinity. So I think earlier in the conversations, we were um, talking a little about, about what is the X, you know, what are, what are the things that count as demonstrated interest and how that varies. Exactly. And, I'm definitely curious. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we, we have the luxury of time, you know, we have 6,000 applications and 15 or so admissions officers. So we have the time to contextualize a student's demonstrated interest to what Jeremiah was saying earlier about a Southern Californian, maybe not being able to get to the great state of Connecticut during the application process what we would consider strong demonstrated interest or expect from someone from Southern California would be a little bit different from what we would expect from someone who goes to, say, an independent school just down the road from us. Because we know that the counselor at that independent school is telling that student, you need to, you know, get in a car and get to campus or hop on your bike and get to campus versus the the barriers of getting on a plane from Southern California. Um, and we even consider interests differently for students from the city of Hartford and Hartford public schools versus, you know, the Hartford area independent schools consortium. Similarly, because of that resource piece that we were talking about earlier. So um, if a student from one particular school gives us a call that is really meaningful versus the the parent of a heavily resourced school's student or heavily resourced parent calling on behalf of a student. Um, that's going to tell us something different. And those are going to be measured in our process in different ways because we have the, the ability to understand that nuance and the time to factor it into our decisions. Um, do, do you think that's, do you think that's common for a lot of schools? To take the time to really analyze where the demonstrated interest is coming from? I don't. Really? That's because I'm in a a place where, um, you know, the the more selective schools, we get more media time. We are the the dominant narrative. And and so I think there's an assumption that how we're how we're operating admissions offices is how the world operates admissions offices and and I came from a more immediately from a less selective environment and we just didn't have the staff to factor in all of the nuance or the the depth of experience at the beginning to really be able to have a conversation about what a a first generation student from Rome city schools maybe the child of, of recent immigrants or something, what their college search process would look like um, down to the, the smallest of details versus what a student at, say, the Darlington School, the prep school down the road 
would, um, what their process would look like. And that's not, um, I don't think that was the fault of, of Barry College so much as a, a product of where we were in our enrollment IQ development. I'm proud to say that, that there's enough experience at Barry now to, to get to those nuances. Um, but we just didn't have it when we had a brand new green team. And so this comes down to, to training uh-huh. and, and people having the time and the luxury to train, not only admissions staff, but also boards of trustees and college presidents and senior leadership teams who um, aren't seen necessarily by the students, but have a, a huge influence over the operations of an institution. And that includes admissions and, and financial aid decisions. I feel like one of the themes that I've learned since this podcast kind of began is I think colleges get, get hammered on, on things pretty hard sometimes, but I feel like things are more thoughtful in, in college admissions offices than anybody really realizes. And there's a lot of pressure, a lot of demands. And every time we interview a college about this topic or that topic, uh, I remember talking to, to Chris Gage about test optional and just hearing him talk about their decision-making and hearing you talk about the way you think about it at your school, uh, just is presenting a theme that, that I have seen time and time again, which is very thoughtful processes. Well, and I wish that that would get out, and of course we're trying to do our part, but I wish that would get out to the general public because I think there is still this mysticism of like, like we were saying, you send everything in and poof, something happens. But, but like what, ha- what, what happens with that? You know, Jeremiah, I want to ask you, so can you comment like for your company or companies like yours, how they, how they help colleges track demonstrated interests and, and what, what colleges can do with the information that, that companies like yours can provide? Sure, sure. Um, well, at Underscore, we, we specialize specifically in a specific CRM, uh, and that's Technolution Slate. Um, it is right now the fastest growing CRM uh, in, in the country. And, and, I and real would, quick, can, can you define CRM? Just for yeah, uh, customer relationship management system. So it, it's okay, one it's a system that admissions offices use um, to collect student information, um, be able to contain that, be able to report on it. Um, and in certain cases, uh, and again, a lot of what I say will, will reflect specifically on the Slate product, um, is being able to communicate out from it using that data um, and uh, be, being able to communicate with your students, with their parents, uh, collecting and storing all of their data um, uh, in records within the system that's easily accessible by the admissions staff to be able to manipulate, to utilize, to then make decisions um, for uh, uh, make admissions decisions and track all those things. So one of the things that we, we assist with is um, uh, we have several different divisions at underscore. And what we do is we work with the school within their own instance. Um, we, we consider ourselves an extra staff member to be able to, to build out reports, to uh, build out strategies um, based on the data they already have to help collect new data and to have conversations about that data. Um, and uh, we do this in communications. 
Um, so when it comes to thinking of the data points that you collect, well, what communications and cam- campaigns do you want to send to those students? Uh, what's relevant? Uh, when you talk about those those DI steps, you know, we need to make sure we talk about those in your communications so that students are aware of what needs to happen. Um, I mean, one thing that's important, I think, across the board is transparency is key um, uh, for a college to be uh, successful with students that are right fits um, is you have to be transparent with them on what your expectations are. And so what uh, what uh, what we uh, try to accomplish with each institution that we work with is one to help them uh, utilize their CRM in a more efficient way, be able to collect and review those data points and be successful with it. In a lot of cases, it's not that the school is incapable of doing this on their own, but they also have full day jobs. Uh, I, I know Adrian knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, is uh, you know you're already out there recruiting all the time. You're already doing these things that you've been doing all the time. You got a new tool that allows you to do more, but you don't get any more time <laughs> to to be able to utilize it. Um, and so, so what we try to do is partner with those institutions to um, to help build these things out. It also goes into uh, the user experience, right? So you have these DI factors that you're gonna push out to your student population. Well, let's also look at what their experience is virtually, especially now, let's think of the pandemic. You know, now nobody's getting to anyone's campus, so that DI factor is completely crap. Uh, and so now we gotta figure out what well, we gotta change. We gotta make sure that their status pages and these landing pages they're crisp, they look good, so that you're getting the reaction that you need to, that DI data, um, to be able to make those decisions that you need to. Um, and sometimes I think, uh, just to, to kind of go back to like the numbers that uh, Adrian was talking about too, is you know, seeing that you have this percentage that are meeting that DI criteria, this percentage who meet some of them but not all of them, and this percentage that's not meeting much of them. Um, and then maybe going back and thinking, well, maybe we need to change our strategy or even change our DI because why are we getting these other students um, uh, and where are they coming from and shifting a little bit of the focus to maybe uh, capture more students within the DI model um, based on the historical data of the school. Um, that's We have an enrollment strategy division that specifically does that. They look at your historic, uh, historical data um, and provide feedback, um, build more reports, I know this is the other thing that you can never have too much data um, uh, to look at. And uh, and so being able to make all these different comparisons uh, between year to year to year, student to student to student, region to region to region, um, and trying to find those those golden nuggets that you can overlook with the immense amount of data um, to then make those decisions of what next year's plans are going to be in regards to your DI. and so, and, and that's why I also say the benefits of, of what we do is that we do it all within their own instance. We don't take anything out. We, t- we train them on what we did so that they can keep it up for future purposes. So they don't have to keep coming back to us uh, uh, to get more numbers. Um, and so that's why we always uh, see ourselves as not only, you know, this, this third party vendor, but we're also an extension of their admissions office in a sense, um, uh, because we, we're also assisting in trying to get them where they need to go um, by using the same models that they have and not necessarily changing everything based on our own personal models within the company. We're, we're still doing it based on the client. Uh, everything's customizable to what their, their models are. 
that's a lot. And I, I'm trying, so, so I'm, I'm trying to, I, well, because I, I'm not very smart sometimes. So what I'm trying to do is put this in a sentence that makes sense to me, which is you are, you're trying to help colleges find the right students in an efficient way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our, in, our in goal is the same as the schools um, is to find, find the right fit and, and make sure that they are getting students who will stay. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one, I mean, one of the big things is yes, you want to get them in the door, but you also want to make sure that they stay in the door. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and, Absolutely. Uh, and they're only going to do that if that's the right fit. I think it's cool for it's like people who are in our industry listening to this podcast will understand everything you said, every word you said perfectly. Like, Oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I live that. I live that life. And, and what, but parents and students would need to take away is I didn't realize there was so much effort put forth for that. Like, that's what I want them to understand. Mm-hmm. I want them to understand how much thinking the colleges are doing. I want them to understand th- that your role as a, is a, is a third party vendor is, is, helping create efficiency within the university. They might, you know, a school might have to hire five people to do what your company can do for, for less money. Right. Uh, so, right. It's, so it's efficient in, in those, in those regards, but it all does boil down to one of our core beliefs as, and I like the spectrum that Adrian was talking about, uh, that, that gets us closer to being a counselor. And maybe that's what your company's trying to do is, is helping, you know, if you, you guys, if you all team up, I hear you were supposed to talk like three years ago or something, but if you, <laughs> if you, if you team up, I think using that spectrum to say, Hey, our company helps you lean more to the counselor side and less at the receiver side, because you take the data you've got and you can be that counselor, uh, helping, helping find students find the right fit. I've never met a college admissions counselor who didn't put the student first in their, in their organization, in their college second. I, I've yet to run across that. Let me, let me clarify that. I've never run across a, a nonprofit college admission counselor who didn't put the student first and their college or university second. Uh, I have a couple of questions. I know we've, we've, we, we've, we've gone a while on this, but, but a couple and, of short things. And can I just say one thing? Sure, man. I'm just amazed now, like, you know, back to what Adrian was saying before, the job that the colleges have between collecting all of this data and still looking at the nuance and still looking at the relationship piece or the the personal piece. I mean, that just sitting here listening to that, that really seems daunting. So if if nothing nothing else, she's like, yeah, Adrian, is it daunting? Um, <laughs> breaking news. Uh, well, uh, but but it, I think it, uh, and I'm speaking for Chris, but I think it gives us a new appreciation because, again, like we said before, we don't see this side, um, and so to to have all this information and still your your focus is on the student first, I think is is amazing. Um, I just wanted to point that out while I was sitting here listening. Um, Chris, what, what questions do you well, have? Well, just a couple, and it really, it really might even be on our end, but it's a matter of like who, who uses demonstrated interest. We talked about the percentages, but, but the second part of that key question we wrote down earlier was how do you know if a school uses demonstrated interest? Um, let's do that you one ask. first. 
Oh, okay, Adrian. How do you know? How do you know? Yeah. This is uh, yeah. this is the answer we want them to hear. Right. You you ask. And... How do you? How would you phrase that? I mean, I'm not being like I'm not joking at all. Like if I'm a if right. I'm a parent and I'm on a college tour, or I'm a student. Right. Hopefully a student, um, but sometimes they need a little extra coaching, and so I encourage parents to be good guides, um, but yes. not in charge. So uh, you you ask. You know, every college has a slightly different process and slightly different dates and timelines and priorities to satisfy. So that is a, a perfectly fair question to ask in an email, on a visit, in a conversation. Uh, do you factor in demonstrated interest and how? That was my follow-up. So it's maybe easy to say, do you use demonstrated interest and kind of leave it at that? But it, what I was going to ask you, and I think you've already answered, is it fair to ask I hear you use demonstrated interest. How do you use it? Yeah, I think so. Um, and it forces us to be better and and continues to center the student in the process. Um, I love the, the notion of transparency that we were talking about earlier. The more transparent we can be about who we are and what we're looking for and how we're making these decisions, the better... Um, the better we're going to make decisions and the, the better we're going to be able to attract students who will not only come for their first year, but stay through to graduation and be happy alums, engage with the community forever and ever. And so um, I think you can ask and should ask both. Is that information you can find on a college's website or does it require that person to person interaction? I think increasingly, especially since we are. Um, we are seeing a lot of visible racism in the world that colleges will be more transparent on online, will make more efforts to communicate with students via phone or community centers that are distinct from community-based organizations just to get that information out. We are certainly working on how, um, how to articulate what we do with demonstrated interest at Trinity and putting that in a in a place online that is easy to digest so that you don't have to have a conversation so that students can consume that information on their own time and then maybe have a better or a different question when we do get to connect with them. That's fantastic. I think I'm going to answer on the how do you demonstrate interest in the in the next segment, which is when Joel and I look at things from, from different lenses. There's one aspect of all of this that we, it's funny, we talked about it in our pre-meetings with Adrian, and we haven't even brought it up yet, which is probably good because it's not something we necessarily want to, to get too focused on. But I'm always super interested in the emails. So, because Slate software, like if you get an email, I, I would like to hear from Jeremiah, maybe. I don't know, either, either one of you. But like, you all are creepy, man. Like, if I appear, so here's what I think I know. How about that? I'll start with what I think I know. So, if I get an email from, from Trinity College, and I know, you know, I don't know this, but 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 Slate is one of their partners. And if I click on that email, um, you know, Adrian will know and her staff, they'll know if, when I opened it. They'll know how long the email was open. If I click the links in the email, they'll know how long I spent on each page. And if I tell her that I didn't get her email, she'll know I'm a liar. So if you all could just like talk about that for a second, because I think it's interesting and and I know it's not the main point of demonstrated interest, but I think it's super interesting and something people should know. 
I can are start. Are you creepy, Jeremiah? Are no, you go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Adrian, okay, Adrian, you go for it. I didn't know who was going first. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't like to think of myself as a creepy person, so. Uh, <laughs> you're not. Nor are we implying that. <laughs> we don't, right? we, and we're not implying yeah. that. We don't think you're uh-huh. creepy at all. But, you know, it can seem creepy. Shoes follow you around the internet, too, and that's a little bit unsettling. So um, we see that that students and family members are opening emails. And for us, that is less about demonstrating interest and more about what we are going to say to that student or family member next. So um, for the students who are like, oh, I'll just create a program and like open up all of these emails and set a timer for how long I'm on different pages and stuff like that. that's going to mess with us sending you the the information you really actually want to receive. So we don't send every email to every student. We send emails to students based off of how they're clicking and opening messages we've previously sent to them. So there's there's two sides to everything. Um, if you want to get more emails, then so, click on all so, of them. Ah, <laughs> so so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like a fishing analogy. Like the first email is just to cast and see if you get a nibble. And then if you get a nibble, then then the fishing really begins. And and I know that might be simplistic, but but really, um, no, you that's know, yes, Cole, that's very simplistic. <laughs> you, you got You're you got to. <laughs> the students got to take that nibble, though, for you to proceed. Right. With right okay. simplicity on the other side of complexity. Thanks for distilling that down, Joel. <laughs> That's what we do here at Get School. <laughs> Whether we know it or not. Whether we know it or not. <laughs> well, I would 100% agree with what uh, Adrian said, because that's that's exactly how uh, I have utilized that in my enrollment um, career as well. Is, is it, 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 it does um, drive content. Um, instead of anything else, because you're not going to automatically send an email that says no one, I don't think anyone's ever done this and they should never do this, but you know, Hey, Adrian, I just saw that you were on our history page for 10 seconds. Uh, let me <laughs> tell you about history. You know, no one's going to do that because that is creepy. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, so, so I, there's not a whole lot. Now, do they get that data? Yes. Now this is not necessarily an excuse for it, but Everyone does it. Um, every business does it. Um, any business that you see, just think of, you know, just because a school's doing it um, and you might see a school ad on Facebook or something like that. Well, didn't you just see a, a, a tennis shoe ad or just see a gadget ad or something else because you looked at it somewhere? You know, it's like we're not we're not doing it to be creepy. We're doing it to be noticed um, so that you're aware that we exist um, and so that you're aware that we're an option. Um, uh, because it also makes me think of, uh, to what we were just talking about a minute ago with, with the eye is, you know, should a student ask, uh, well, the thing I love about this podcast potentially is that it's going to tell them that it exists. Uh, cause I can definitely tell you when I was in high school, I had no idea what DI was, um, no clue. Um, and, and so I never asked about it cause I never knew, I, I never knew what it was or knew to ask about it or knew that it even was a part of the process. Right. So I think that what's cool about this podcast and about hopefully the listeners that you have that will then, you know, do spread, spread the word to the people that they know that are looking at colleges is, you know, it might not apply to most of the college you're looking at, but it doesn't hurt to ask Um, because knowledge is power when it comes to any process you're going into. So you need to make sure you have all of your ducks in a row. 
And one of the most important things that I know most colleges do, I'm sure Trinity does it, uh, you know, at Georgetown, we did it to where it is, um, whatever the decision is the student makes, we want it to be a well-informed one. Um, and we want it to be one that is well thought out and one that they have all the information that we could possibly give them about it. So it's not that we're trying to hound them. It's that we want them to be informed, whether they say, yes, I want to come or no, I don't. Um, and that's what those emails are for. That's what that data is for. Um, it, it's not for us to decide whether we want them. It's for us to make sure that they want us. That is a fantastic way actually to tie up, tie this up and wrap up to into our, into our next section without, uh, I, I feel like it's, it's interesting looking at what, what I had planned for, uh, what Joel and I do every every episode, which is look at uh, this topic from four different lenses, because we, we hope that all types of people are listening to this. Uh, without a break, let's let's go into let's go into those those four groups, Joel. And you you usually take the first one, I believe. Yeah. So you know, for for school counselors out there, um, what is what does demonstrated interest mean? If you're a school counselor, um, to me, if you're a school counselor, one, you need to know what demonstrated interest is. Uh, but two, you need to help your students conduct a genuine search process uh, while understanding that there are much more important factors at play than just demonstrated interest. OK, uh, nothing beats doing your research, finding that right fit at an affordable price. So don't encourage your students to try and play some game in order to gain some supposed advantage in the admissions process. If you're at a university, I feel like I give the same message to universities every single episode, but it's an important one. Be clear and be transparent. Simple as that. Uh, students shouldn't have to dig on your website to know what they're looking for. Uh, Emory, Emory University does not use demonstrated interest but they've got a great page on their website explaining why, which is interesting because you think most people would put a page if they did use demonstrated interest, but they explain why they don't. So if you use it, explain why and how. If you don't use it, don't just omit the concept from your website. Ta actually, take a look at Emory's page and find a way to include that information. Yeah. If you're a parent listening, don't pressure your students in their search. I think I say that one all the time. And don't encourage the gamesmanship that we mentioned earlier. Uh, let the admission search be organic. And you'll be shocked that in most cases, it works out in the end the way it should. Um, you don't need to go to every single college fair within a thousand mile radius, every single webinar on campus event that's offered, uh, just to check boxes, as was mentioned earlier. Do your research, show genuine interest, but don't go overboard um, and let your students, like we always say, let your students drive the process. If you are a student, and I, it's a, very similar to the school counselor advice, uh, if you're a student, I was going to tell a joke on here about not lying about your emails, but now that I realize that no one's as creepy as I thought, I won't, I won't go there. I just, it's got to be genuine, but I do want to give you a few ways. If you do want to demonstrate your interest, here are some, here are some things you can do to demonstrate your interest. And again, I don't, I don't say this as part of strategy. I say this as part of a genuine search where you'd really like a school to know that you, that you're interested. Don't, you can get on the school's email list. I think people will forget that sometimes. Just get on their school. Just get get on their get on their email list. 
um, read emails they send you. If you're interested in the school, you probably will do that anyway. Um, go go deep into the website and read a little bit more. You, there's a whole it's endless of what you can do in a in a college website. Um, college fairs. Get to know your regional rep. This is something Joel and I preach all the time. Get to know there is someone from this, for whatever university you're dealing with, someone is assigned to your school. And you can generally look that up on the websites. But get to know your regional rep. Jump on social media. Um, there, are, there are sponsored and unsponsored sites. In fact, if you really want to do a good college search job, get on the unsponsored social media. But join the social media. Um, that that will demonstrate interest for sure, and it will give you a clear a clear example of, of, of clear a clear take on what's really going on on the schools. Obviously, campus visits. Uh, many schools will have why us essays. Do a great job on those, and and maybe we have other episodes on on how to do that. Uh, there are early application plans, I guess, that can also show that you're interested with early action. Uh, obviously, early decision automatically shows interest, and. Good old-fashioned thank you notes and emails. Believe it or not, a good old-fashioned thank you note would be really, really appreciated in, in this world. So that is it, students. A very quick break before we get back with our word of wisdom and a preview of the next episode. All right, welcome back to Get Schooled by Reason Ford. It's time for our final words of wisdom. Chris, what have you got for us? Man, what a what a fun episode. All right, the word of wisdom today. This week's word, I say week, uh, this episode's word of wisdom is reflection. Um, and, and to reflect is not as easy as it might sound. Uh, reflection requires humility and vulnerability. To reflect requires us to understand why we feel, think, and behave the way we do. It requires us to evaluate the roots of our own weaknesses. As I watch this world unfold before me, like never before, I need to reflect on my values and beliefs, discovering my biases and how I got them. It is difficult and important for each of us to reflect. Uh, whether you're searching for the right college or major, or, or you are discovering your role in a larger sense in our society, it begins with reflection. Good stuff. Thank you. Joel, so with that, what will we have for listeners in the next episode? I hear it's pretty big. Uh, let me first explain uh, when we will finally get to listen to the Shaping the College class uh, in two episodes we we'll have some very special guests, uh, so private that I don't think we're allowed to disclose who they are just yet. No. Uh, let's just say that a new book will be coming out, and the episode will be released along with that. Uh, so, Joel, I know you can barely stand yourself. What is on tap for the next episode? So, as you know, and as some of our listeners may know, uh, I was chosen um, to be a member of a 15-person search committee for NACAC to help find the next chief executive officer uh, due to the retirement of Joy Smith after, I think, 22 years of service in that position. Um, I'm still, I still am amazed and I wonder why I got selected, but uh, 
um, compared to to the people that I served with. But your silky um, smooth Joyce Vol Joel, that's what your silky. I, I, I can't talk, but you can. I know. <laughs> um, so you know that was about a year long process, and over the course of that year, we were able to find the next CEO uh, in Angel Perez, who was previously the vice president for enrollment and student success at Trinity College in Connecticut. Sorry, Adrian. Um, who introduced uh, us who to entered, Adrian, which who is entered, amazing. Right. Um, so uh, he starts on July 1st in his new role, and we're lucky enough he's going to be with us for the entire episode on the next episode of Get Schooled. Um, so we're going we're gonna to blow up the normal format, and we're just going to talk to him about uh, where college admissions is now, and where he thinks it's headed. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to it. We always joke um, about having guests that are much smarter than us. And here's yet another example um, where we're going to have somebody um, who's really going to be able to inform our listeners um, about the world of college admissions and, and really how it's changing uh, and how it's going to be changing. Yep. Um, way to, way so, to stay calm, Joel. I know you're a total fanboy. You're trying to keep it down, trying to stay he, calm. He called me his friend in an email. So, like, <laughs> I know you told me like 17 times. I know. I really. So, all right, everybody. There we listen. are. Remember, you can always listen to Get Schooled on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can follow us on Twitter at Get Schooled3 and on the internet at slash get schooled. Special thanks again to our guests, Adrian and Jeremiah. Don't miss the next episode. We'll see you next time. See you guys. I have to go to the bathroom, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna wait. Keep me on edge. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the next episode of <laughs> It's gold. That is gold. Uh, that's gold, Jerry. That's gold. <laughs>